Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. Alrighty, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here, and uh, every now and then, I get the wonderful privilege of interviewing some great people, and today is by no means an exception. So, John Dean, uh, Sales Director Central founder and mentor at Sales Director Central. Great to have you on board for this conversation today, JD. Yeah, there you go. You've done it already. You've done it already. <laughs> well, um, I've, I've got to let you. Look, I've got to let people know it's John Dean, better referred to as JD. So from yeah, now on, JD. it's JD. Perfect. Welcome, JD. Perfect. Thanks, uh, Darren. Thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Good to see you, mate. And um, we've been talking a little bit about uh, lots of things, all sales and sales letter related. But um, I want to delve in, first of all, just for our listeners, there was a post on the uh, on LinkedIn this morning that you put on, which has gathered a bit of bit of traction and, and potentially it could go viral. We were talking about uh, sales leaders and how, uh, how do I say this? Uh, you said you were a crap sales manager when you first started. Spot so. On. Can we start so there? Bad. Because because <laughs> look, I love I love talking to sales leaders and what I consider to be exceptional sales leaders, and I put you in that category. But one of the things that I've found with you, knowing you for a little while now, is that um, uh, you're not afraid to say that you know what I'm not perfect. <laughs> in fact, anything right. anything but. So let's start with that. Let's go. Let's go back way back to when you thought you were a crap sales manager. What was it about that, and what what happened? What led you to that belief? I think there's a, I mean, you talk, I mean, I do love listening to your podcast as well, mate. Um, there's, there's a book by Patrick Lencioni called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And one of the, one of the dysfunctions is being vulnerable in a safe environment. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big believer in not being 10 foot high and bulletproof, but, but talking a little bit. And I was a bit challenged, I've got to say, with the post of I was a crap sales leader, but it was so true. I mean, mm-hmm. I was such a crap sales leader my my um my co-founder in the business he talks about and I, I love the way he phrases it most most if you go and take your best performing sales rep out and make them a sales leader you've actually got two problems um that, that was my bit he said as a sales as a sales contributor yep. you're selfish mm-hmm. you're trying to get all your resources and effort of your organization focused in and getting a client across the line as a sales leader, you're selfless. Because mm. it's all about your team and how to do it. And it kind of comes in. Uh, one of the things that we talk about is um, if you take your best performing rep and make them a leader, you've got two problems. You've lost the revenue and you've got a, um, uh, you've got a, a very new, I, I'd normally say an idiot for a boss. Um, <laughs> That's and, right. And, and, and I was coming back to your question, I was completely that. Uh, and the things I talked about in the post, I was... Mm. I was 100% mini-me. So yep. if I was hiring someone, you needed to look, act, and feel like I did and sell the way I did. Uh, I micromanaged. I managed I managed everything. And again, the way I sold was the way I wanted them to sell somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, I remember, so I was a big, uh, I didn't need to read Alan Pease's book, Body Language, because I, I kind of, I, I just get body language, if that makes sense. I'm not trying to yeah. be arrogant. I just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Elements of it, like, yeah, I get that completely. Um, and so I'd say to them, hey, when you did that thing, where did they look? 
And the refs are going, what do you mean? I'm like, well, what did they, were they shocked? Were they, you know, when you're in the office, what was around the office? Was it yeah. a busy desk? Were there posters behind the wall? Was it cluttered? Was it, was it, was it graphs? So I was doing all of these things again in the way that I sold. And then the last bit, and I make, I make this point in the post, um, I KPI'd everything. I KPI'd every input, you know, how many calls are you making? You know, we, you know, in some of the stuff, and I know you've heard some of the stuff that we've done at Sales Director Central. If you're bad at making 10 cold calls, you're really bad at 100. Yeah. So, so why use that as a driver? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm, I've got a client uh, that we've done, done some work with. Last year, they did over 70 presentations, and it's two people in a presentation for no deals. Zero. 70 presentations for zero deals. So from their KPI perspective, they would have hit maybe That's blown good. their KPIs out of the water in terms of demos. All the activity, right? All the activity, all the processes, all of the proposals out the door. So mm. they met a whole bunch of inputs of, of, of activity-based stuff. I yep. think it's fascinating sitting in sales meetings the way we do and looking at the amount of, the amount of activity that gets measured mm. of, of what we've done rather than what we should be doing, which is putting a, a cadence or a framework or rigor around the outputs. Yeah. You know, what are the what are the processes? What are the next steps that they have to do in order to get a buying decision? What does procurement look like? What is the uh, all of those things? Why do they have to buy it right now? So it's yeah. it's it's kind of morphing from from one to that. So so yeah, to your um, to your question, I was really um, I was good at selling early, and that was just energy and enthusiasm. Yeah. An old boss of mine used to talk about playing the piano. And he'd say, you sometimes you play the piano and they sing along with you. Yeah. And the, the, the keyboard and the keyboard, it was kind of hitting the, the same notes. And what I kind of really re- realized early-ish on is you, they only sing along if you understand them really well. Yep. So I kind of discovered some of my, my discoveries super early. And so, again, as a leader, how do we get, you know, I was doing 15 demos in a week back in the day. There's, like that's a lot it is a, and so what that means is from activity perspective proposals were more like quotes there's a whole bunch of stuff that just got yeah you know kind of short not not done in the right way that it needed to be so um fortunate enough i i, I kept getting opportunities to to sell and then to manage and then i don't think it was until i was the general manager even for the second time that i was a really good general manager Okay. First time I was more a figurehead and the senior person than 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 an effective leader. At okay. What trying to do stuff. So let me ask you this question: Based on that, for the for the three or the second time you got into like a sales leadership role, was that something that was intentional on your part, or were you given that opportunity almost like a tap on the shoulder based on being a great salesperson? Um, I think. Um, if I if I go back thirty years ago, um, <laughs> not showing our age by any means. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think there was I think there was just a natural. Um, this, it still happens today, though, Darren. Right? I'm sure yeah. you see it. Yeah. I mean, you, you get, you know, if you can sell okay, then you should be able to manage okay. I mean, it's, it's the same in football, right? Mm, There's a lot totally. of really great players who are okay at leading a team, but they really shouldn't probably be the, the coach or the, the leader of that, of that group of people. Um, and so I just don't, I don't think that 
Um, so the third time, yes, my, my career ambitions um, for a long time. Um, I really love the guys that recognize, hey, you know what? I don't want a sales leadership position. I love, I love those guys that come to that realization and say, you know what? I'm, I don't want to be managing people. I'm no good with it. I'm really good at yeah. this bit. Yeah. I love those because they're, they're the guys that love the conversation with customers. They drive it. They're not trying to be more than they are. Yeah. Um, they're almost the type of people that you'd love to have in your team as a sales leader that they don't yeah, necessarily have ambition to want your, want your job, right? They're not going to necessarily challenge you for authority, but they're in their sweet spot. But, but you're so, it's so true in what you say because I've, I've worked with a lot of sales leaders over the journey that have been given the opportunity purely based on their numbers as an individual right. contributor. Right. And the business has said, hey, JD, you're an extraordinary, extraordinary salesperson. Look at these results. We reckon if, you, if, you, if we could duplicate you, if we could leverage you, Imagine if we had five or six JDs in right, our organization. Right. So can you take over this team and teach them what you just say, do what you do, all right? And many of them come to the realization that, hey, I, I'm not equipped to this. I'm not equipped for this. I don't want to do this. And this is not my sweet spot. And as you say, two problems exist. One is you become, you become a really bad boss and your revenue starts to dip. Right, right. And, and it's, so sales leadership is not for everybody. It's not. I remember. I remember in my second sales leadership role, uh, and again, the business did really well. And to be fair, I was ninety percent contributor, ten percent leader. Really, mm. I mean, ultimately, the bulk of my number was my number. So um, I remember setting out and doing a one-day training program because I had two new sales guys. And three days later, I still had more stuff to go. Like it was, <laughs> and it was again. It was that you know. We need, we need to get a common base of those. And I realized there's, there is um, sales in my mind is a really simple thing made complex by a bunch of people. Yeah. And the complexity activity stuff, there's a whole bunch of complexity that really doesn't drive meaningful, significant, repeatable results. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a sales leader yesterday. He's been in the role now four or five years. He was really nervous. So I, I do some coaching with him. He's really nervous about becoming a leader for the first time. Mm-hmm. So um, this guy gets it. Like he, he's, he's, he's probably in my top 10 salespeople I've met. And he's morphed into one of the top 10 leaders I've met. Like he's, he's done a fantastic job. Um, but he said to me yesterday, we were reflecting on the journey he's been on. And he said, um, he was the one that sparked the KPI thing. He said, there's so many levers I was pulling four years ago and you just don't need it. Yeah. Like you, you, you're really unsure where you add value. So you just try and do the scattergun, the whole thing, rather than saying, hey, I really add value here in this deal at this stage. Absolutely. Um, and let's, let's stop doing all the stuff that really is not going to shift the needle. And that's, I think that's, all right, that's a great point because I reckon there's a challenge for a lot of sales leaders, particularly new ones, that yep. almost yep. don't know what it is they don't know. And look, and we've all got models that we... Uh, look to and say, well, hi, there goes a great sales leader or there's, there goes a great example of a person who would like to emulate. But until you actually get into the seat and find out what works and what doesn't work, you don't really know, right? Um, and so from, from him to be able to realize that is a, is a good realization. But I've also, I've also come to realize that sales leaders, executives, companies even love to overcomplicate the overly yeah. simplistic, right? 
and the ones that can do this well and the ones that de develop, develop and deliver sustainable success are the ones that can take the complex and make it really, really simple, but then repl replicable. So what are the key levers we have to pull that are non-negotiable rather, and all the other stuff can be almost noise, but this is what we need to focus on. So, yeah, go. There's, I was going to say, there's a, you just reminded me of a quote from Paul Roos made uh, back when he was coaching <laughs> hey, the Swans. Um, yes, uh, from a Melbourne perspective, was, <laughs> back when he was, was coaching the Swans. And someone asked a question about Adam Goods early in his career. And, and the question kind of came in, and I think Goods had shown some, shown some talent quite early. Clearly, dual Brownlow medal is, yeah. a, is a, 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 a test that completely. And he said, you know, tell me about where Adam's going to get to in terms of his career. And he, he turned to the commentator and he said, I want Adam to leave here a better person, not a better player. Yeah. And, and, I, and I love that. And again, from a leadership and a growth perspective, I talked to a, another client of mine this morning and we we're talking about Ted Lasso, mm -hmm. the Ted Lasso show, yeah. which is all about the gratitude and the, and the giving back. And how do you develop your team, not how to hit your number? You know, most sales leaders have got a number they can't jump over. And so what they start doing from a leadership perspective is they're in every deal and they're not micromanaging, but they're taking over, taking control of elements of it. Yeah. If you were to actually put a process in place, you know, another uh, colleague of mine says, you know, sometimes you see people who's a recruiter. He says, sometimes you see people that have been in IT leadership for 20 years. And then his comment was they had the, they've had the same year 20 times. <laughs> 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 and I love that notion of growth yeah, totally. in the process, right? Have you do you do you think about changing all the processes in your business? Are you thinking about hitting your number? I've got a ten million dollar target and a crew of people, or are you thinking about um, how you're going to grow the team so that ten year you've done the ten million dollar target? You've also yep. done next year's fifteen million dollar yeah. target because the team has improved, has grown, etc. So. Um, it's a, it's a big topic, but I agree with you completely. There's, there's far too many things. This topic is made complex by far too many people. I mean, really simply, how many clients do you, do you talk to have a problem they can't solve? Rather than how many people are we talking to where we're trying to find a $100,000 solution? If you find yeah, a million-dollar problem, yeah, you can do that in every client, man. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 100%. And I love, I love that quote because... And it's so true. And you look at any successful team organization and even, hey, full disclosure, Melbourne supporter, Melbourne member, long-suffering Melbourne member, but 57 years, baby, now a premiership coming home. But if you listen to the leadership team within the Melbourne Footy Club, they're talking very much along the same lines as what Paul Ruse was talking. And yes, Paul Ruse has obviously brought in Simon Goodman and spent time at the footy club. But it's such an important point that if we as sales leaders could focus more on helping the team and the individuals become better people rather than focusing all of our attention on get the target, get the target, get the target. Then a funny thing tends to happen. And I'm, I'm interested in your take on this, that if we can focus on people becoming better versions of themselves, guess what? The target starts to get taken care of. There's, there's, if, you, if you reflect back on, you know, I'm an AFL person as well. If you reflect back on those teams, I think the growth of Melbourne as a team is, is probably commensurate with the growth of the leaders in that club. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think if you go through, you know, the Hawthorns, if you go through the Cats, uh, the Swans when they were, when they were you know, 
it's all around the ability of the individuals almost to coach themselves on field. Yeah. It's, it's knowing when to be the spark, knowing when to drive that next opportunity, whatever that thing is, yep. knowing, knowing when to jump in on a sales call mm. um, because it, it steered in a different direction. I think, I think um, that unfortunately comes with gray hair and, and experience, <laughs> but there's a lot of parallels between, I think, success as a team. You know, sales is a team game. I say this constantly. Sales is a team game. If you think it's all about you and your number, you've got it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. You've completely got it wrong. Yeah. You've got, yeah, even in small businesses, you've got a whole bunch of people looking to make sure that you are as successful as you possibly can be. And with that, talking about, you know, the evolution of a leader, whether it be a, a team leader within a footy club or a sales leader within an enterprise or an organization, love your thoughts on the evolution of that person and the amount of failure they might have to embrace and be okay with in order to start to learn those lessons that if they didn't learn those lessons, they wouldn't be able to eventually deliver, I guess, the outcomes that they now deliver. I think think there's a measure of sacrifice from a leadership perspective. The more you're able in almost, the more you're able to sacrifice your ability, your outcomes, the things you're treating for the betterment of others, the, the, the quicker that shift is going to happen. Yeah. Um, there's, um, you know, if I think about, if I think about the four or five really, really good sales leaders that I know, and then I think about the four or five sales leaders that I've worked with, that um, there's a really common element of the selflessness bit. Yeah. You know, the, the, the guys that are really good are, are connected to their teams. They understand what drives them. They know how to motivate and, and do it, not just yell at them because they've just yep. been yelled at themselves. Yep. You know, they, they can understand how to, um, uh, to best help them because they understand that level. And it's not just, hey, wait on, step back. I need to jump in and do this mm-hmm. bit here because you, you're not going to do it as well. I mean, that's never going to really achieve any long-term success. No. You know, as I said to you before, most sales leaders have a number they can't, they can't jump over. And I think one of the challenges is they then get in every deal rather than understanding what are the levers and how do I pull this and, and, mm. and how do I uh, sacrifice um, my ability? I, I would rather a rep fail and learn than succeed and not learn. Like, yep. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's probably people listening to this right now thinking, well, hang on a second. You don't understand that my company we need to hit a target because if we don't hit a target, we're in all sorts, right? But it's the leaders who have, the, I guess, the, the self-awareness to the point where we need to learn lessons and it's only through those lessons can we actually get better because the point you make is a really valid one that if as a sales leader, and I made the same mistake, I used to get involved in as many deals as I possibly could right, because right, hey, I loved right. I loved being center of attention. I loved to be like the, the, the allure of getting that big deal was just phenomenal. What I didn't realize at the time was I was in the process disintermediating my account executive to the right, point where right. I was conditioning the sales, uh, the, the customer to deal with me because I was the decision maker or I was the key influencer, right? And that was horrendous. I created a rod from my own back. So I had to learn the hard way that, you know what, it's okay for people to fall over. It's okay to fail, quote unquote fail, right? Because it's, it's a matter of interpretation. But it was the lesson that came out of that not only for the account executive, but certainly for me as a leader, that held me in great stead because I was preparing myself for even bigger challenges to come. 
there's a there's a I love this um, uh, use of the word fail. Is fail is the first attempt in learning, and um, there's um, how do you actually add value? Now, I ask this a lot in some of my posts. How do you really add value to a sale? How do you really add value to a rep? Like really add value. Mm. How are you really going to drive and make this person um, learn as you're going, but then, you know, understand that, I mean, the focus on sales director central is understand the customer better. Yep. If you understand the customer more than you understand your product, you're in good shape. If you continue to talk about your product and your company and your price is a lever, then you're always going to get, yeah, right. You're going to get the result you're going to get. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think, I think from a, uh, again, from a, from a leader perspective, there's a show called Ted Lasso, which is gaining a, a fair bit of popularity. I'm not sure if you've heard it or not. Yeah. 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 Um, but um, it completely selfless, right? He, yeah. he gave everyone a book, but the book was a meaningful book for everyone to read and to get some lessons out of. So it'd be you might listen to this and think, okay, I'm going to go and buy a book for my team, and and that may well be um, good for them, right? But yep. again, understand where they're at. How do I help? What is the next process? What is what is what does this bit look like? I remember um, a story, crikey, this is 20 years ago, I reckon. Um, Scotty came into my office. And he said, uh, it's a 28th, uh, was a leap year, uh, 2000, it was 28th of February. He says, I don't think they're going to buy. We need to discount it by 30%. And I said, uh, here's an example of doing, he could have done the easy path or the hard path. Yeah. And I said, Scotty, have you sent them an email saying, here's our value proposition? And he said, no, I haven't. I said, fantastic, mate. Let's put an email together. It took him 45 minutes. It was mm -hmm. painfully agonizing for him to come up with three central points, you know, and I've written you a 10 page letter because I didn't have time for one page, make it succinct <laughs> and drive it. Yeah. And we actually sent it to the thing. So the, the choice was, and 2020 hindsight is fantastic. Give them a 30% discount because we're not sure whether we're going to win it or, um, or go back with a value proposition. So we heard on the, on the, on the side of the value prop. And the next day we got the order. And then when we're doing a review on that deal, he went and had a chat. This guy's name was um, Elvis. When we, had a, when we had a chat with Elvis on this particular deal, he said, my KPI said I had to buy it by the end of February. Wow. So he was always driven to make the decision yeah. and he would have happily taken the 30% discount. Yes. But again, the pain of going through and saying, hey, mate, if we don't understand a value proposition, how do we hope them to, that they understand it? Um, and again, Turns out well in the end. It's a nice, it's a, it's a feel-good story from that perspective. But again, if we don't understand their value, if we understand really the things that we're doing to help a customer make a buying decision. And one of the things mm -hmm. that we talk about in our business is we help sell a complex product to an infrequent buyer. And if, if most of the people on this call think about, you know, if you're telling the finance function, IT function, HR, procurement, legal, like all of these cost centers, they all don't, they, they're just not used to buying all the time. Exactly. So how do you help them with the buying process? You need to understand them. You need to understand what their internal KPIs are because obviously Elvis having a KPI to, to spend or to place an order by the end of February, um, I'll be interested to see whether there was any KPIs around a, a price point he needed to buy at, but it could right. have been well been easy for Scotty to say, well, hey, 
I'll give you a I'll give you a thirty percent discount if we can, if you can sign by the twenty eighth of or close the business twenty eighth of February. Elvis is sitting there thinking, how good's this? I've met my KPI plus I've delivered a discount to the business. How good's this? Right? I, I, I want to say Elvis was paid some chunk of money as a bonus, so he was actually financially rewarded for making a decision. There was no no driver from the price perspective. Um, and I guess the thing for me was when I, when I asked. When I asked Scotty to then do a, a review for the business, that's when he rang and found out about the, the bonus from, from okay. the buyer. He, he did three or four slides, and we're going to show this to the whole business. Hey, we just got the deal across the line. How exciting was it? Back in the day when you could transfer your mobile number from one carrier to the next, they were one of the first people who did that. Okay. Um, anyway, um, and Scotty said, he showed me the presentation. We've got an all-hands meeting. We've got 50-odd people in the business. We're going to show this thing for tomorrow. And he said... I flashed my pearly whites. That was his, that was the reason that they bought. And I'm like, no, that is shit. Seriously. I mean, he's, just, he's got a great set of choppers, right? Scotty's got a lovely center. Um, but we need to, we need to create, get, get a bit of substance to that. And he went back and asked the question and he came back and said, I was motivated to buy. The reasons I bought were these. Your, your email absolutely aligned with where I was thinking in terms of the stuff and reasons we wanted to buy from. Yeah. Um, um, so it was, a, it was, it was a, lovely, a lovely process, like I said, to, to get through. But again, really good learning for Scotty. Like, if we don't know our value propositions during deals, what do we do? Like, seriously, <laughs> have they got a proposal? No one buys because you send a proposal. No one. No. And nobody buys because you've got the best product either. No one's guys because you get the best product. I was doing a, I was running a session with a, um, uh, with a newish client, and we're doing a bit of a review. She's about to hire a salesperson, and she turned to me and she says, "You know, JD, I've got the best product in the marketplace." And she saw the smile come on my face, and she says, "Yeah, I know everybody says that, but we really do. We do. <laughs> um, it's just it's everyone's got the best product in the market. Everyone's got the best people in the market." That's it. The question, the question is, and you know, I, I reference, I reference um, the video environment, right? If, if people on the core remember Beta and VHS, yeah. um, VHS won the battle, but sorry, won the war, but Beta won every single review done. Mm-hmm. Every single review they would win based on features and functions. Totally. But they didn't get, they didn't get the video stores. They didn't get, they didn't get the the market, and they didn't understand what that lever was in their business. There's yeah. lots of examples where oh. the best product doesn't win. So why do we focus so much on it, Darren? It just, it just baffles me. You know, they, they love our software. They love our price. Okay, who cares? Seriously. Well, I think, I think uh, my personal view is having been in big corporates and on the, on the I guess, the, the vendor side in selling stuff. Uh, but now working with, with organizations and sales leaders is, uh, and I say this respectfully, I think we tend to drink our own Kool-Aid. Right, we tend to yeah. believe our own rhetoric that we talk to ourselves, and we almost convince ourselves that we have the great, the greatest product, or the greatest service, or the greatest approach. None of it, none of it matters because if there isn't a problem that needs to be solved, then who cares? You're just talking to somebody trying to convince somebody that you've got the best product. Unless there's we, a problem, if we, it's were worthless. That, if we were to unpack that for a second, though, do you need to believe in your product? hundred percent. You need totally. to be authentic and believe in what what it is that you're doing. Mm. Does the best product win? No. The best product does not win. No. The battle. Like, I can't all. tell you. We used to sell, or a crikey, back in the day, I used to sell an 
in, and I hope they don't mind me saying this, it was an ugly SCO Unix green screen product. My competitors were all GUI and Windows, right? If you understand that. So this thing looked clunky and ugly. Um, we did eight demos for seven deals in that organization. Wow. Um, and so people would say, hey, you know, we've got training new staff and we'd say, fantastic, how many invoices do you need to do a day? And I think they, like, the number one wrong, but I think it was like 400. So do, do you want people playing games all day or doing invoices? Oh, we want them doing invoices. And, <laughs> and, then, and then back in the day, there used to be a thing called general protection faults in Windows. And so everyone who had Windows had a GPF happen once or twice a day. And I said, yeah. have you had a GPF today? Yeah. I said, well, how many invoices do you reckon you could get out while the thing was rebooting? And so, again, business drivers uh, simplified the process. And we, did, we won because we understand the customer really well. We knew the things that, that drove them. And we weren't doing the beauty pageant, you know, beauty pageant of let me show you the best product we've got. No. And it delivered the result because at the end of the day, the customers got the solution. They could get their invoices out and they're more productive. Productive. And not only could they get the invoices out, but they could see the gross profit on it. And it was, just, it, was a, it was a machine. And, you know, once we train your guys up, like I said, you know, and I, back in the day, I used to say, have you seen that Minesweeper game? It's a cracker. <laughs> Again, I kind of, you'd lay these little things with them saying, you want them really to have access to some of the stuff. Um, <laughs> Um, understand your customer. Understand your customer. If you understand your customer better than anyone else, you'll probably win the business. If you understand the customer and they've got a problem they can't solve, mm. which is a priority for the business, you'll win the business. Like this, it's as easy as that. Hundred percent. So, from a leadership perspective, how do you enable that within your team? Which is me. It means as a sales leader, we've got to spend more time investing in our team to get them to do more analysis on their customers to build those relationships to under, and understand. And, as, and look, everybody today can go and do Google searches, right? You can go and go on LinkedIn and there's all this information that's readily available. We often talk though about what's the, what's the information under the surface? What's the information you can go and find out about somebody that nobody else can actually find out or it's not readily at your fingertips. And if you can bring that sort of an insight to a customer then all of a sudden they see, well, there's, there's something different about JD and they start to lean forward. So you've started to differentiate yourself against your competition. Then you've got a product or a value proposition, then there's a, a more open opportunity for them to lean forward and, and maybe want to listen about that. And you could, you could get to a piece of business being closed. So there's so much information available. We, we, we wrap it up and say, um, you don't have to be an expert on their business. I think that's a, a common myth you need to understand manufacturing or mm. banking or whatever the industry they're in. You don't. You need to understand their problem better than they do. Yeah. And if you can understand the problem and ask what we call insightful questions, a question which makes them think about or change the way they think about their problem, not your solution, yep. you'll become the thought leader. Yeah. And it's a great point because... Um, always thought and I've got mentors that I've been working with that also say a very similar thing that if you can you can identify a problem first of all and then be able to articulate that problem in such a way that the potential customer uh, can't articulate it as well as you do they're going to attribute you as potentially having a solution right but we don't just give that solution to them they have to earn the solution right so we've got to, we've got to really get down and down and dirty and deep into what that problem is but also, what are the consequences of that problem? What if they don't solve it? Right. 
So let me let yeah. absolutely. So let's let's segue into it's a it's a perfect I guess jump into sales director central, and I'd, I'll be really curious to understand was there a was there a defining moment if you like where you thought you know what there's this definite need in the marketplace that we need to help change the way the world sees sales that led to sales director central being formed. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a thank you for the question. The um, what we what we see what we saw in the marketplace was too many people from a small business perspective investing a lot of time and effort getting the best product in the marketplace and just and just not getting the return they wanted on it. And um, we also see lots of lots of sales leaders that just didn't have the right framework and approach to selling. And you know our purpose and you've alluded to it a little bit. Our purpose is to create a better future by changing the way the world views sales. Um, from a sales leadership perspective, there's just too many people by osmosis who have got to the role they've got and leadership is the good and bad behaviours that they've learned. So, so um, the reason we did it was, and it's proven in, in some of the success we've had, is that there's, um, there's a real lack of leadership in the smaller end of town and even the bigger end of town. There's some, some very good practitioners that pure leadership is is the need to bolster that up and create a better team, create a better future, create a better a group of uh, individuals. So, um, uh, and we, we didn't also want to lose um, sales leaders in our business. So we have 12 mentors in our organisation. We didn't want to lose people, my partner says, to a farm or to a cafe. Like all of that... <laughs> In in the in in IT specifically, when you turn fifty, there's a use by date, yeah. which is kind of just bizarre. Yeah. But uh, what we see is there's a lot of there's a lot of value in working with and helping teams out. We we we're changing the way our customers view not only view sales, but we're changing their destiny. And so we are become the missing link a lot in the customers that we're doing work with. And we're yeah. very privileged and lucky to be in the positions we're in. But I spoke to a client this morning and he, and he said, I wouldn't have had the growth I've had in the last four years if, we hadn't, if I hadn't engaged with, with you and Sales Director Central, which is, yeah. again, a lovely thing to hear. Oh, absolutely. And there's probably people listening to this right now thinking, well, that, that all sounds well and good, but how does, how does that actually work? How, how can you effectively change the destiny of a small business or a medium enterprise, or in some cases a, a large enterprise, by by fundamentally changing their approach to either to selling or certainly to leadership? So, is there a is there like a I'm not going to say give the secret sauce away, but is there a, like a blueprint or a or a or a method that we use that enables them to do that? There is, and I'm going to give I'm going to give the secret sauce away. Um, <laughs> Hang on, um, I'll just press. Pause. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. The um, uh, we talked about it today, and we made the offer on the post I did with being a, a bad sales leader. Um, we believe there's six pillars to creating a peak performing team, or for sales leadership. Um, and the elements of that, and happy to send something out to people um, who respond to this podcast. Yep. Um, is is planning, accountability, methodology, indicators, cadence, and execution. If you implement that in a business, you will sell more. We, yep. we absolutely guarantee it. Um, in the, the absence of those things, you'll do what you're doing at the moment, but it's, yep. not going to be, it's not going to be as scalable because if Frank gets it, Mary may not yep. or Tom may not or whatever that piece looks like, 
So yes, we put in a framework which we're pretty unabashed by. It's on our website um, with super experienced sales leaders and we work with sales leaders or work, work through them and or we assume the role in smaller businesses. So mm -hmm. um, uh, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a good time to come in. You know, sometimes, some businesses we work a day a month. Yep. Um, and we've got one, and I know you know this story, but we've got one client, we've spent 18 months doing a day a month. We've doubled their revenue in the first year and we doubled the revenue in the last year and we're going to double the revenue again this financial year. So um, yeah, meaningful meaningful wow. outcomes yeah. and more importantly they're not wasting time on stuff that people are just never good their processes how they qualify how they view sales is dramatically changed which again comes back to our purpose and the great thing about that jd is that you can see in those businesses in that one particular a level of consistency so they've Completely. they've discovered what moves the dial and they've said right we need to focus more attention on that because that's what's going to deliver the result all the other stuff becomes noise so and Darren, if you ever said to me, I we ran a I ran a planning session with the the, the two key guys in that business. And at the end of the planning session, uh, my partner rang him and said, How was it? And he just said, um, you guys have just blown my mind. I never thought that I'd get that result from a planning session. I would never say hand on heart, I'm gonna run a planning session, it's gonna blow your mind. Because yep. authentically, I'm not sure we're gonna deliver that. Yep. For them in their circumstances, with the context of their business and where they're at, fundamentally we said. Guys, you've got a six-month sales cycle. If you don't know about the opportunity now for the rest of this quarter, we then let's stop wasting time on marketing right now mm. for this quarter because we we probably won't find that person who's done. But let's get some execution happening, and and it and it really did. You know, like I said, got them got them across the line, and enabled that that process. So, um, and the really nice thing is, you know, what do you guys sell? I think the answer is confidence. Yeah. We sell confidence for a business owner not to do what they would have done. Let me show you again how the thing works. Yeah. Let me let me let me talk to you about a discount. We give them the confidence to say, hey, we understand you, we get where you're at, and this is what you need to do in order to solve that problem. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's a method, there's a method to it that is, and the beautiful about thing about that is it's a method that's consistent, it's a method that is replicable, right. and it's a method that delivers sustainability. Because what does most businesses lack right now? They lack sustainability because it's all, right, we're back to squares. Now, look, every sales team has this and understands this, that every quarter, every year, every month, we start back at zero. But to have the thought process and the understanding that we've got a method here, we've right. got a process we follow, that gives us confidence that, you know what, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get taken care of. It's all good. One of the things that we say is if you can sell it, we can scale it. Yeah. So, again, with the framework, it enables you to then put maybe a leader in after we you know we talk about accounts graduating customers graduating once they've graduated um, you know we don't want to be there necessarily forever i mean my longest client is is 5 years um, and again huge different huge growth you know the when we first introduced him to the methodology i remember him having a conversation with me saying i can't ask these questions mm. i heard him do a deal review a month ago and he's all over it like it was it was like, where was that guy four years ago when we were trying to put this in place? And again, huge growth, huge ability to do it. So, um, yeah, getting back to the, the six pillars, if, if people did want to find out about that, please, like I said, hit up the podcast, talk to you about it. And we'll, we'll get um, some examples of a map. So with that, JD, um, as, we, as we wrap up the, the conversation today, 
um, if people want to know more about Sales Director Central or if they want to connect with you, um, JD, so where's the best where's the best place they can go? Because I, I reckon we can put something on. We'll certainly put stuff on the show notes. Yep. Um, uh, but if they want access to the six pillars, for example, is there a website? Is there an email they can go to? What's the what's the best yeah, place yeah, to get it? Sure, sure. So there's um, a couple of places of source of information. One is the the website, which is just uh, salesdirectorcentral.com. Um, if you add JD at, at the front of that, that's my email. Yep. Uh, so they can certainly hit me up there. On the website, the six pillars are there. But if they, they want to hit me up, we'll get um, the six pillars and a little bit more structure behind what that looks like uh, for them. And on uh, LinkedIn, uh, as you alluded at the beginning, said, don't call me John Dean. <laughs> <laughs> you started off with, hi, John Dean. Um, uh, John Dean is, the, is, is my real name. And um, only your mother calls you that. <laughs> only my mother calls me John, pretty much, um, or when I'm in trouble. Um, uh, on the on the, we got lots of social proof with our design. We're super lucky. The website's got stories. There's 190 recommendations, or what I call proof of performance statements, on LinkedIn. Um, so, um, and the other thing, the last bit is, I post, as you know, three times mm. a week. So if people I uh, want to look at all my posts. We give all our IP away. Mm. And, and I would promote that for, for people out there as well. Yep. We give all our IP away because um, there's no point in holding it close. And, you know, if you, you're not helping anybody, um, we want to help people because we also realize that it's the execution bit. It's not the idea. You can buy 100 books on sales. It's how you execute. Knowledge is great, but execution is, gets traction. 100%. So, Plus, it's all about it's all about how how you execute. Um, um, and in fact, my last offer would be if someone on this call wanted to have a chat with me um, and was happy to do a recommendation, I'd be happy to give them half an hour of my time for free. Cool. And um, uh, access to at the JD at salesdirectorcentral.com. Central or hit me up on the on LinkedIn. Yeah, perfect. Uh, or guys, if you want to uh, also reach out to me, and I'll I'll pass. JD's details on as well. So uh, full disclosure, I have, have come on board as a mentor with Sales Director Central and really privileged to be in that position. And because um, I think we're, we're aligned in terms of what we believe about sales and sales leadership, JD. So, mate, this has been a, um, a phenomenal conversation. Thank you so much for giving up some time to uh, to share with us today. Uh, and as we, as we wrap up, would there be one, if you were talking to JD of, uh, let's just say, vintage 1995, would yeah. there be would there be any advice that you'd give to JD in 1995 that you wish you knew back then that you know now? Don't buy that house. <laughs> <laughs> um, if there's one thing, if there's one thing from a leader perspective that I would say right now, so I'm not going to answer your question. I'm going to do it in a different way. Sure. Get a methodology. Get a sales methodology and implement it ruthlessly in your business. You'll sell more straight yeah. out. It's as, it's as simple as that. I can't tell you the amount of businesses that we talk to, even bigger corporates that kind of have something, but it's on a flag. It's just kind of, yeah, we've got a, we've got Medic or Taz or, or Miller-Hyman or Sandler. We've got this thing, but they're not using it. If you yep. rigorously use a methodology, you'll understand your customer more. If you understand the customer more, you'll sell more. So yep. that's probably my one thing would be to embrace a methodology quicker. Um, and probably the other thing you said, one, um, get a coach earlier. If I had a, if I had a coach earlier in my career, I would have a bigger house right now. Yeah, um, I think we can all I just, say that. <laughs> I, yeah, I just I just would have made more money. Yeah. So 
doesn't matter how good you are, you know, the, every every top 100 tennis player, every top 100 golf player, every top 100, name the sport, they've all got a sway of people that follow them around and they 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 lean on them. You know, I love yep. I love those guys. I don't need a you know, I don't need a coach. Um, you know, I'm into my this is my second sales job. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you take that and put it into the business context, if you look at most highly successful business people, right, they may not necessarily advertise it, but they've all got coaches, they've all got mentors. I have, I probably question. have three or four conversations each month, um, some structured, others unstructured with mentors. And mm. I'm, um, you know, I, I spoke to you about podcasts. Yeah. Um, you know, you, I'm continually looking to grow and expand my ideas on whatever yep. that thing is that helps you get to the business. So, yep. um, uh, and uh, to your point on the sales director central stuff, we're privileged to have you. So I appreciate you signing up and coming on board as well. It's um, awesome. Uh, we got a great, we got a cracking team. And I'm very humbled by the people that have signed up with us. So um, thank you for doing it. Awesome, mate. And uh, hey, and if uh, people want to find more information, again, as a reminder, all of JD's information will be on the show notes. And we'll yep. also make sure when this episode is up and ready to roll, it'll be on LinkedIn and tagged as well. So JD, once again, thanks so much for uh, jumping on the podcast. It's been a phenomenal conversation. And uh, hey, we're going to have to do this again at some stage. That's it. Sounds good, mate. There's so much to talk about. Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. Good anyway, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.